You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. In it. What's the commandment? The commandment is love. So the first, first walk we're going to talk about today is walk in love. It is God's command. Walk in love, not because it's, a, it's an option. Love is not an option with Christians. That's why I like to tell people I like them. When I say I like you, that means you know I love you because I don't have a choice. <laughs> but liking you is I have a choice. But we are commanded to love because you can't say I love you, brother, but I hate, I, I mean I love God, brother, but I hate you. Because God is love. God dwells in us, so our nature is to love. If you're not in love, you're acting against your own nature. Because you've been born again. You got born again of a, because of the love of God. Amen. Let's take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. You can put this up on the, up on the board. But before we go there, I'm going to ask you a question. Who would say what you believe the most important scripture in the Old Testament is? In the beginning, God, maybe, Genesis 1, 1, that's pretty, pretty important. Love your enemies. Jesus was asked this question, what is the most important commandment in the law? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37, turn there. He quoted Deuteronomy 6, 5. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now let's turn back to Deuteronomy 6, 5. Get a good look at this. I want to show you something interesting. It is a command to walk in love. And I'm completely convinced that he said to keep the commandments is to love God. That's what, that's what John said, right? He said, he said, this is love. This is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning that you should walk in it. Walk in what? Walk in the commandment of love. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And did you, did you notice that Jesus didn't say might? Jesus quoted this. He said, mind. In the Old Testament, it was all about might, the flesh, the natural strength. In the New Testament, it's more about your mind. Your real strength is in your thoughts. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Your real strength is in your thoughts. What you think is your real strength. If you think negative, your life will be negative. Jesus knew that your real strength is in your mind. You have to control your mind. And you control your mind with love love 
Thou shalt love thy God, the Lord thy God with all thy, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words, listen to this verse 6, and these words. He's telling you how to love God by loving His words or His word. Listen to this. A 10 point, everybody say 10 point. A 10 point prescription for loving God. Here it is. These words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. In your heart. Miss Ann, count it for me. Hold up your finger real high so that everybody can see it real high. All right. In your heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently to your children. That's number two. You shall talk of them when thou sittest in your house. And when you walk by the way, when you're traveling. And when thou liest down, getting ready to go to bed. And when you rise up, when you get up in the morning, that's six of them, isn't it? Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. That's your jewelry. Thou shalt be, they, they shall be frontlets for thy, be, between thine eyes. That's more jewelry. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. He said there's ten things. He wanted your life surrounded with the word. Every, everywhere you look, everywhere you go, the word is in your mouth. This is a prescription for how to love God. Rather than always talking about how you feel, say what God says. I've had more opportunity this last year to talk about how I feel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> talk about how I feel. Because people are always saying, how are you feeling? People that, people that love me say, how, how are you feeling? I've got to where most of the time I say, what difference does that make? What difference does that make? It makes no difference how I feel. All that matters is what God said. And God said John Holler was healed. Amen. Can I get a good amen? You're healed whether you feel it or not. Amen. That's how you start feeling it is by saying it. You make your reality with your words. You love God by what you say. You love God by what you say. You don't love God by what you feel. So many Christians are feelings-based. Do you know that? Based on their feelings. I don't feel like going to church today. I've got to tell you something. that it was, I'm almost ashamed to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. A lady came to our church one time when we were pastoring in another city in, 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 in Texas. She came to me in... She was a nice woman, but a little bit squirrely. <laughs> nice and squirrely. Like Miss Ann's relatives. <laughs> nice but squirrely. I'm just kidding there. But she came and she said, Pastor, you notice I don't, I don't ever come for worship. I come to hear you preach only. I said, why don't you come for worship? She said, well, I don't really get anything out of it. I said, you don't get anything out of worship? She said, no. Wow. I said, well, that's my fault. She said, no, 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 no. I said, no, it's my fault. Because I was under the impression we were worshiping God. I didn't know we were worshiping you. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. She said, what? I said, well, you're not supposed to get anything out of worship. That's a part of the service God gets something out of. Right. Right. Amen. Come on, you're not shouting like you should be. God gets something out of worship. You don't get anything out of worship. That's where you're giving. You're giving in worship. 
That's why we have our offering during our worship time to signify that we're giving. You're not receiving there. You're giving there. Can I have a good amen? amen. Better amen? amen? Amen. She never came back to our church. <laughs> she never came back. I said, was it something I said? I felt so bad. But I was right. That's why I'm ashamed to admit, admit, admit that to you. I, I, never, I don't like running people off. It's not my, my thing. I, we're trying to get people to, people to come, you know. We want, we want folks to come, not, not go. I mean, you know, we've already got Dylan here to, to overcome. It is God's will for you, to, for you to love. But you cannot do that until you know you're loved. Right. The reason I can pick on Donald is because he knows he's loved. Right. He knows I love him dearly. You can't, you can't be fully loved unless you know you're loved. Amen. We uh, read the first Corinthians, put up first Corinthians chapter 13 for me. You cannot love until you know you're loved. That's good. Who said that? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, 1. I'm going to change your life this morning by the grace, grace of God. Rather than just talking about making you love, operated in, in love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. Have not charity. That word is agape in the Greek. Agape means God's kind of love. Pure, perfect love. This is not my love. My love is phileo and eros. Phileo meaning brotherly love, you know. And eros meaning sexual love or romantic love. But man's love is eros and phileo. Mostly there's another one, parental love which has a guardianship to it. This is God's unconditional agape love. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Now look back up to that verse again, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. The word have there does not mean to operate in. Does not mean to operate in love. It means to possess love. Does not mean to operate, it means to possess. Are you hearing me? Does not mean to operate, it means to possess. Read the Bible like it says it. Like it says it. Does not mean, though I don't operate in love, give love, have love, possess love. Listen to verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, and do not possess love, I am nothing. All through this passage, it never once says operated in love. It always says possess love. It does not say give love. It says possess love. That's two different things. You're nothing unless you know you're loved of God. You have God's love because God loves you, but if you don't know it, you don't act like it. It's impossible to love without being loved. It's impossible to love without being loved. And nobody who doesn't, and every, everyone who doesn't know that God loves them, 
will act like he doesn't. It is a problem with religion. Religion does not operate in love. It does not. Most of what is called religion in, in this world operates in fear, insecurity, guilt, legalism, ecumenicalism, all the other garbage that means nothing. Religion operates in fear, guilt, loneliness, exile, frustration. It's a horrible, horrible thing that has replaced, <coughs> replaced the love of a God, love of a God. The church is called to be a love machine, a love house, where every one of the worst sinners in town can feel loved. Not condemnation, love. Love wins every battle. That's why when, I, when Hezekiah and Ahab were going to go to war together, Hezekiah said, bring the prophets. See what they say. The prophet came and said, put the singers first. Let them worship me. Let them worship God. Let them express their love for God. And I'll fight their battles for them. Amen. They won a great battle that day because they expressed their love in worship to God. Let him handle the battles. Amen. Amen. That's good preaching if you ask me. Loving God is our response to Him loving us. First John said, not that we loved Him, but that He first loved us. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us. He first loved us. That's, that's how God works. <clears throat> and if you're going to see love in your life, is real love does not have anything to do with sex, does not, does not have to do anything to do with uh, giving and receiving. Real love is all about giving, not giving and receiving, giving. Love says, I'm going to give it to you no matter how you treat me. Amen. Boy, is it quiet in here to just me. <laughs> love says, I'm going to give no matter how you treat me, no matter how you respond. Amen. 3 John 2, milepost 64. Milepost 64 says, Beloved, I wish, verse 2, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Wow, this is good. We're told to walk here in prosperity. Three kinds of prosperity. What are, what are they? Financial prosperity, physical prosperity, and solical, soul prosperity. We walk in prosperity, believing it's God's will for us to multiply. It is God's will for you to multiply, for you to be growing. Don't get quiet on me now. It is not God's will for you to be diminished. You hear a lot of preaching, he must increase and I must decrease. That was John the Baptist, that was not you. That's not you. He does not save you for you to diminish. He saved you for you to grow in faith. Amen. For you to get large on the inside. Amen. Amen.
Prepare your spirit man to be big, glory to God. Because I know where you're going. In just a few days, a few months, things are going to change for you. Big things are coming your way. Amen. God's going to break, break some barriers for you. Yes. You're going to have the greatest year you've ever had in your life. Yes. You are because you're part of this church. You're hearing this word. No matter how you get attacked, you stand up and walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. And walk in love and in prosperity. Yes. Walk in three kinds of prosperity. It's God's will. It's to, listen, to, I'm going to say what he said here. Walk in prosperity. It is God's wish for you. He said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. It's God's will for you to prosper. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. I'll show you what, how Jesus put it. Jesus put it in words that I, can't, I couldn't do any better if I tried. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and, to, and he that seeketh and findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if a son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? What's the answer to these? No, no. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. He's talking to the, 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 the disciples and God's family there. How much more? Everybody say how much more? How much more shall your Father in heaven give good things? Everybody say good things. Good things to them that ask him. God is in the prosperity business. I hear people say of me sometimes, he's one of those prosperity preachers. Yeah, what, are you, what kind of preacher are you? I keep reading this Bible and I find prosperity everywhere. That God wants me to prosper and be in health. He said he would give me good things. Give me good things. Good things. You have coming to you some good things. If you receive this word today, you're going to have good things coming to you. Good things coming to you. Receive this word, good things are coming to you. Good things are coming to you just down the road. Your, your, your tomorrow is going to be better, better than your today. Amen. Heard about a guy who did, a, did, did an oil shake. A shake, they say now. Uh, oil shake. Uh, they, he did him a, a favor in the in the oil business over in Arabia. That sheikh had a big mansion here in Dallas, and he came and uh, sent his emissary to this oil man and said, "Hey, I want to. The sheikh wants to give you a gift." The guy said, "I don't need to. He don't need to give me a gift. It's my job." He said, "No, you did. You did. You went out of your way to help him, and he wants to give you a gift." Well, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm, I do all right. He said, well, he wants to, you can't insult him. You've got to give him something to give you. Tell him what you want. He said, well, I'd like a new golf club. You know, I'd like, like a new golf club. He said, okay, I'll come in and I'll, I'll get you and we'll go get your golf club. So a few days later, the guy came and he said, come with me. He said, where are we going? He said, I'm going to take you to, your golf, to get your golf club. So he put up this, this, uh, golf course and go in the clubhouse. The guy says, 
Here's your golf club. But of the whole country club. Amen. Prosperity is God's will for you. And he's thinking bigger than you're thinking. He's thinking bigger than you're thinking. Amen. He wants you to prosper and be in health. He, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. I always say this. Because God made the comparison. Jesus made the comparison. He made the comparison of a natural father and the, the heavenly father. A natural father does not abuse his children. He's not supposed to. Good natural father does not abuse his children. How can God abuse his kids? It can't happen. If I'm being abused, it's because there's a devil out there in this world trying to keep me from my inheritance. Everybody understand that? This is not God's will for you to be diminished. It's God's will for you to prosper and be in health. Amen. Walk in prosperity. It is God's wish for you. Now my post 65, Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. We're moving down the road, aren't we? We're almost out of Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas are right in the middle of Route 66. I looked at the map this morning. Panhandle of Texas is really right kind of in the middle of it, between Chicago and, and Santa Monica. Milepost 65, Jude, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, I was thinking he's given diligence to write to, to them about the common salvation that we, all, that we all experience, that we hold dear together. It was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. The word thee is not in the original text. For faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I had to ask myself, what kind of faith is he talking about that was, that was once delivered to the saints. The faith he was talking about that was delivered to the saints was the faith that Jesus brought. Jesus never in the 500, uh, 488 times that faith is mentioned in, in the New Testament, Jesus mentioned it almost as much as anybody or more. And he never once ever used faith as a grin and bear it kind of thing. He used faith as a means to get what you need from God. Get your prayers answered. And to change your circumstances. Jesus' faith that he delivered to the saints was a faith that changed things. Changed things for, for good. This, this means we must learn how to walk in miracle faith. It is God's way. Walk in prosperity. It is God's wish. Walk in miracle faith. It is God's way. There's a difference between trust and faith. Faith, faith is so much stronger than trust. Trust says, I'm going to hold on to God no matter, what, no matter how this goes. No matter how it goes. I'm going to hold on to God. That's a good thing. Trust God no matter how it goes. But faith says, I'm going to hold on to God to change how it goes. Faith is trust on steroids. It changes things. This boy right here in the striped blue shirt. 
They told him he, he was going to be blind, right. would never walk, never talk, never drive, be kind of just better, better than a vegetable. Stand up, Craig. Let them see you. Walk, walk down here to me. Walk down here to me. Glory to God. Now, he's not fully done with his miracle yet. He's out in the middle of it with me. Out here with me, walking on water today. Glory to God. It does not matter what they say. You keep walking by faith. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. God bless you, Craig. They tell us of a... Uh, they tell us... And he'll tell you, it's because he heard this faith teaching. He'll tell you the reason he's healed today, the reason he's as strong as he is because of this, this faith message he got a hold of. He could have just laid down and died. Like they said. What you believe in your heart matters all together. It makes, it makes your life different. It may not make it perfect, but it's going to make it better than it would have been. I... Uh, have to tell you about uh, her brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, tell a story about a young man that came to his Bible, Bible college in a wheelchair with real short legs. While he was there, sat under the faith message, he was in his early 20s, and he heard this, this boy start confessing his faith. And in two years, that boy's legs grew six inches. And he started having more feeling, and he could stand up, but never, never could get out of the wheelchair to walk. He went on and left the, left the school, graduated, still in his wheelchair. But he just kept confessing his faith. Went out and started a church in a wheelchair, and preached the gospel in a, from a wheel, wheelchair. Laid his hands on the sick, and they got well from a wheelchair. Amen. 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 The gifts of the Spirit moved through him and healed Amen. people all the, all the time, he said. Amen. Didn't matter what condition he was in, all that mattered was they had the big, big God on the inside of him. Yes. Amen. He's still in a wheelchair as far as we last know, but he's still preaching the word of faith. Amen. Because you never stop believing the truth. Yeah. Never stop believing the truth. No matter whose circumstances don't line up, Never stop believing the truth. Amen. This is the difference between trust and faith. Trust holds on no matter how it turns out. Faith holds on till it turns out right. Come on, somebody say amen. This is good. Jude is an interesting book of the Bible. One chapter. But it's... it's Topic is verse 3, the topic of faith. And we know this is a fact. He goes on through there and gives a bunch of negative examples of, of folks who did not operate in faith, did not use faith. Then he comes to verse 20. Look at verse 20 of Jude, chapter 1. But ye, beloved, now, now it goes positive again. Talking about his beloved Christians here. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. It didn't say building up your faith. It said building up yourself on your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul's definition of praying in the Spirit is what? 
speaking in other tongues. Build up your inner man to match the faith that's in you. Amen. When your inner man matches the faith that's in you, explosive things happen. Glory to God. All right, you ready for milepost 66? Here we go. We've almost arrived in California. We're almost there. The city of angels. Amen. Revelation 21 and 4. Revelation 21 and 4 is our verse, but I want to, I want to start reading with verse 2, if we may. 2, 3, and 4. Miss Ann, would you come and help me with this last verse? Last three verses. You can read them off of my thing here if you want. We're going to end this together, okay? Alrighty. And I, John, is it on? It's on, they said. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her amen, husband. Amen, amen. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears what from their eyes. What a day. Eyes, what a wonderful day. And there shall be no more death. No more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. How many of you will take that no more pain thing? Amen. Amen. For the former things are passed away. God is saying here, our fourth stop today, walk in glory. It is God's inheritance for you. He described there a place called glory, a city called glory. Walk in glory, it is God's inheritance. Uh, <clears throat> I had a former student at CFNI named Jeremy. Jeremy was divorced. And he, he was one of those weekend dads, you know. Good man. Had a little girl, about six or seven years old. <clears throat> He took her to church when he had her. He still does. But her mama wouldn't take her to church when she was with her. He was on the way to church with his little girl one day and he stopped at the Sonic for breakfast. You know, he's a dad, Sonic breakfast. <laughs> They're sitting there and they've been listening to Christian music. After the song was off, he turned the radio down. They're just sitting there at the Sonic not, not thinking about what they're eating. They're just sitting there worshiping God, him and her. He's got her sitting over there. And he said, now she might have been older than six because she was in the front seat. How old did it have to be to be in the front seat? Seven or eight. She's about that age. Anyway, <clears throat> sitting over there, and she just got her hands up like this, and her eyes closed. And she said, Daddy... He said, yes, baby. She said, do you feel that? He said, yeah, I feel that. She said, what is that, Daddy? He said, well, what, do you, what does it feel like to you? She said, it feels like a weight that's easy to carry. 
he told me that story. I said, she said, she called it a weight. He said, yeah. He said, maybe that's the glory of God. I said, she called it a weight. He said, yeah. Why is that significant? I said, you know what the word glory means in Greek? It means a weight or weightiness. The, the weightiness of God's presence. She said it's like a weight that's easy to carry. That's what the word means. Little kid felt the weightiness of God's presence. Amen. God wants you to be glory-minded, heavenly-minded. I heard a guy say one time, this guy's so heavenly-minded that he's no earthly good. I said, stop right there. Stop, stop right there. It is only the heavenly-minded people that are doing this wor world any good. It's only those of us who think of glory in heaven because we live for that. Our lives are ordered by that great hope and future of the church. Amen. Don't live like, like, that, like you're never going to go away because you are. Live with glory in sight. Heaven on your mind. It make you worthy of earth. Amen. Walk in glory. It is God's inheritance. Let me back up and tell you all these things. What, what, what we talked about today. We said we should walk in love it is God's command. We also said we want to walk in prosperity. It is God's wish. We also said walk in miracle faith. It is God's way. Amen. And the last one is walk in glory. It is God's inheritance. Now, my Father, I pray today for these folks gathered here that you help us with our walk, our walk of love, our walk of faith, our walk of prosperity, and our walk of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.